and welcome to Second Chances here on the Ascend Television Network. My name is Greg Hennis, and this is our weekly program where each and every week we are delighted to bring people on our program from all walks of life, from all over the country, and uh, actually some places even internationally. And they all have one common thread, and that is that Jesus is the Lord of their life. And we have a guest with us today joining us from the great state of Michigan. We have uh, Michelle Howe with us today. And Michelle, we're going to talk about friendships. Is that correct? Yep, all about friendships. Okay, so before we get into the uh, book and, and actually get into things, give us a little bit of background on who you are, where you're from, were you born into a Christian home, and things of that nature. Yeah, um, I'm a married mom of four adult kids. We have five grandkids now, and I've been writing for about 35 years, and I started out doing book reviews many, many years ago, and then soon after, a good friend and then another friend went through unwanted divorces, and I started telling their stories. So in 1999, I had a lot of articles about how these moms overcame and were single parents that became my first book. And all through the years, it seems like the Lord has just led me to write about whatever I'm going through in that season of life. So it was children's books and then, you know, teenagers and then empty nest. And now I'm writing about grandparenting. And most recently now we're, we're talking about friendships because friendships are just so important for everybody at every age. And as you said, um, I live in Michigan, real close to um, Toledo. Ohio and in between there in Detroit, Michigan. We're right on Lake Erie. And um, if you're a football fan, you know U of M, boy, we have a big clash with Ohio State every year. And that's our that's our big rivalry here. And I imagine there uh, by Lake Erie, you get lots and lots of snow. Oh, we get lots of snow, lots of ice and lots of wind. I'll tell you a lot of wind. Yeah. So you have to like the cold weather there in Michigan. I don't know if you have to like it, but you kind of get used to it. I'm a lifelong Michigan resident, so we're kind of used to it. But we love the four seasons, and right now it's just kind of ending fall, so we're, we're gearing up for the cold weather because it is coming. Yeah, I got you. I got you. Yeah. All right, Michelle. So I always love to, to get a little bit of um, understanding of our guests. I always love to have people share their how they got saved, how they, how they came to know Jesus as Lord and Savior. So could you, could you share that with us? Sure. I was 12 years old. It was right before Christmas. And my, my favorite aunt and her two sons were visiting. And I was sharing a bedroom with her over the Christmas break. And she just spoke to me one night right before I was ready to go to sleep and just said, told me the gospel. And I just shared and she said, you know, everybody needs to have their sins forgiven and told me what Jesus did on the cross. And in my youthful tender heart. I just said, yeah, I need that. I knew I was a sinner and I needed it. And there wasn't a lot of fanfare, but that was when I became a Christian. And I didn't grow a lot in high school. I was not from a Christian home because that aunt moved away then, many states away, and I had no influence in my immediate family. But at 18, right after I graduated, we went to some seminars down in Dallas, Texas, and my brother became a Christian, my mom became a Christian, and that kind of revitalized my faith. So ever since I was like 18, it's been a real ongoing growth and a, you know, just a changed life for me. And I'm now 58. So it's been what, 40 years, long, long time, but a very blessed life. Have you been able to use some of those uh, life lessons uh, with your relationship with God in some of the, the books you've put out over the years? I would say absolutely. And you know, one of my earlier books, I talked a lot about the importance of suffering. Not that 
I necessarily need to suffer, even though we all suffer. But I talked about, you know, we really have to embrace the hardships and the difficult seasons of life because that's when we grow. I mean, people don't grow through the high seasons of life, not in when their highest, happiest moments. We really grow when we're struggling and, you know, our backs are against the wall and all we really have is the Lord. So I really try in all my books to help people, especially women, to embrace whatever they're in as something that God has ordained and orchestrated for their life, for their good, and for His glory. You mentioned 35 years ago you started writing. Was that something you'd always planned to do, Michelle, or was that something that God kind of, you know, opened up the doors for, for it to happen to you? Actually, I think it was both because I was a teenager and I remember sitting on our back porch reading a magazine and seeing that it was a young girl who who published that article in that magazine. And I thought, I can do that. I can do that. It was a very fleeting thought. I don't think I thought about it anymore for years. But right after I got married, I worked for a public relations gentleman. And uh, he was a, a great Christian guy and a wonderful communicator. And he let me edit his materials, which really didn't need editing, but I got the bug then. And so I soon after had my first daughter, stayed home with her, but then I started freelancing from home after that time. How hard was it to get your first piece of work published? You know, we often have uh, authors on the program. They talk about some of the challenges to get their work published. And then once they do, it becomes easier. Tell us about yours. It wasn't real hard, but that was, again, 30-some years ago, and it's a very different, you know, world today. But I think for anybody who wants to get in publishing, start local, because you always have local magazines and local newspapers and newsletters. And if you have to volunteer, volunteer and do a few book reviews or, or just do something to get your foot in the door so you have a few things to put on your resume. That's how I started. And I know a lot of professionals will say, don't write for nothing, you know. But you know what? Sometimes you volunteer and you learn and you grow through every experience. Oh, yeah. So the book we're going to focus on today is Navigating the Friendship Maze, The Search for Authentic Friendship. Tell me a little backstory on on how this book came to be. A little backstory. Well, it was uh, not the summer. The summer before, I was trying to get together with friends over like a four-month period. And I always think to myself, excuse me, when summer comes, you know, you're going to have a lot of free time. And it's generally the opposite. It seems like it's busier than the school year. My husband's a teacher and a coach and it seems like our summers get more hectic you know during the june july august sector of the light or of summer so i was trying to get together with my friends and i couldn't i mean it was like they were either caring for elderly parents or they were out of town or they were sick or they had other opportunities they couldn't turn down and we just could not get together and i felt alone for the first time in many many years because i have wonderful friends close friends we were not able to get together for months and i think that the lord took me through that real lonely kind of dry season just to reiterate and to re um remind me of how important it is to have friendships through every season of life and how in much they enrich your life day to day and how much they encourage you even in your spiritual walk yeah, one thing I've always uh, can say about friendships is that they kind of help make your life complete in some ways. You know, they're they're very important. Uh, why why the term friendship maze? 
Yeah, that's a great question because I think like any important choice you make in life, friendships, choosing the right friends, um, not choosing certain friends, people maybe want to befriend you, but it's not the wisest relationship to get into. You know, you have to go through mazes. And it's just like if you're playing a game where it's a maze, you know, you get to a certain corner and you think, oh, I know how I'm going to get to the end. Well, it's a, it's a stop. And then you maybe learn a little bit and you have to backtrack and go around another corner. Relationships are the same way. And I think you have to learn from them. You have to be wise and circumspect and prayerful before you get into relationships. And once you're in them, you have to be wise as well and caring. And I, I like to refer people to like to Galatians 5 and 1 Corinthians 13 to kind of do a self-check and ask themselves, you know, am I exhibiting these qualities of unconditional love towards my friends? Am I growing in the fruits of the Spirit? And am I sharing those good fruits with my friends? So it is a very comprehensive relationship when you have a friend of any kind. In your book, do you ever deal with uh, this analogy at all? Um, Christian friends as opposed to a Christian friend and a non-believing friend. Do you talk about any of that type of uh, stuff in your book? Yes, I do, because I think that we're always to be reaching out, and we shouldn't say we can't have a friend who isn't a believing friend. But I like to remind people, you do become the kind of people and the people you are around the most. So you probably cannot have a non-believing friend as your best friend. And again, I don't even like that term because it puts an awful lot of pressure on one person in your life. If you say, oh, my best friend is so-and-so. The BFF. And, you know, the BFF. Yeah, BFF. <laughs> I know, it's so common. We, we laugh about it, but really... One person can't meet all your needs, just like your spouse cannot meet all your needs. And it's not fair to put that kind of pressure on one person. But yes, absolutely. And I do talk about some personal um, relationships I had with people that really brought me down in when I was a little younger. And I was just trying to reach out and I was trying to minister, but I found they were influencing me more than I was influencing them. Is there any checklist that maybe, you know, you could recommend to people that are, you know, trying to decide, well, is this friend helping me grow or is this friend really bringing me down or leading me down a bad path? Do you have any checklist that maybe over putting this together, book together you may have come up with? Sure. And I, I like to tell people that I think of it like um, being on a children's playground and you see a seesaw and you have one friend up, one friend down. And it's, your relationship with another person should be pretty equal. I mean, this week I might be at the top and you're down and I need to encourage and influence you. Next week it could be the opposite. I might be, you know, really needing encouragement and you're you're up and you can help me. So you have to remember a friendship, a real um, healthy friendship is the it's equal in being influenced and influencing. And I always remember a statement that Paul Tripp made. And he said that people will reveal to you who they are if you watch them long enough. So if you're kind of not sure about a person that you think, oh, I might really get along with her. You know, you have to watch that person, he says, for a while, because if you see them mistreating others, eventually they'll mistreat you. And I think we all like to believe that, no, if I'm just careful enough or I stay away from hot button topics, that person won't hurt me. But he said, no, no, no. Over time, if you're in a relationship long enough, people reveal who they are. Yeah, I think this is the line you're referring to in the book. People will reveal their truest character over time by how they act and interact with others. Give anyone enough time, and they will show you who they really are on the inside. 
Absolutely. And I think, you know, he's a speaker and a, a great author. And I often think about that whenever a new relationship potential comes into my life, you know, and if and it is troublesome, if you see someone, let's say a boss mistreating employees, and then they want to be your friend, and you have to think, you know, a warning bell should be going off in your head. No, if I see them, you know, backbiting, or being hateful, or, or being disloyal, that bad behavior is going to enter my life as well. And then I might have to deal with all those difficult situations in a much, you know, highly charged emotional way, which is not healthy for anybody. We are visiting today on Second Chances with Michelle Howe. The book is entitled Navigating the Friendship Maze, The Search for Authentic Friendship. Michelle, I want to turn our focus to, to this question. Studies show that Americans more than ever are socially isolated than any previous generation. What do you make of that? Social media. And it seems <laughs> counterintuitive, but I really believe it's true because people are on Facebook and they're on Twitter and Instagram and Snapchat and probably 15 more than I'm not even aware of. And I think we get on those social media sites and we see a picture of, let's say, our cousin in Florida. And we think, oh, I'm caught up on what he's doing with his grandkids. I really know how he's doing. Or we have a friend or a child across the country. And, you know, you see a few pictures, you see a few posts, and you think they're doing great. But nothing replaces sitting across from someone, watching their body language, you know, sharing a meal, sharing a cup of coffee, and really having a conversation so you can gauge how they're doing by what they're saying as well as by what they're not saying. So as busy as we are, social media has its place and can be a real beneficial part of our life, but it, it cannot replace face-to-face -face friendships with real people. Michelle, if people are enjoying uh, listening to us talk about this book and maybe previous books you've written, where could someone find out how to get a copy of this book and how could they maybe follow some of your other work? You know, ChristianBookDistributors.com, boy, they've got all the books and they've got the best prices, even better than Amazon. And everybody says, go to Amazon. But boy, that whole company does such a fabulous job. So I send people there. But you know what? I am on Facebook. I am on Instagram. I am on Pinterest. And I have a blog. And people can follow me any of those places. And I love to interact. So I, I welcome readers to do that. Could you give us that information? Sure. Um, if they go to MichelleHow.wordpress.com, there they'll find my blog, and I'll have all my different social media um, sites and all the links there that'll be really easy for them to find. Michelle, you talk about one of the primary reasons for writing this book is that you talk about enduring friendships. What does an enduring friendship look like? You know, an enduring friendship doesn't necessarily mean that you're going to have one friend for the rest of your life or maybe for 15 or 20 years because we know that people do come and go in and out of our lives, especially when people move away, and that can't be helped. But an enduring friendship is one where you are both going to have opportunity to forgive each other. You are both going to have opportunity to, you know, you're going to fail each other because we're sinful people and we, we make mistakes, whether we make them on purpose or we neglect a person just by mistake or because we're busy or tired whatever, we will fail our friends. And you have to get that into your head. There's going to be no person, no friendship that's going to be without some emotional scars from time to time. But the enduring friendships are the ones where you seek forgiveness, you get it, and then your relationship becomes stronger than it was before you even had that little misunderstanding or that mishap. Understood. Uh, definition of a biblical friendship. Biblical friendship, in my opinion, is one where two people, both believers, 
both their goal in life is to honor and glorify the Lord Jesus Christ wherever that takes them. So you got the same goal in life. So if you've got that goal with another person, everything else is pretty incidental. You know, from there, you can both use different gifts, different talents, maybe vocationally very, you know, in different worlds. But your friendship, your overall goal in life, you're heading in the same the same direction. So you have a lot of camaraderie. And again, it doesn't necessarily mean that you're going to be friends forever, but you might be friends for three or four years until your friend moves out of town or you move or whatever. But that friendship means you're headed in the same direction. And you know what? You challenge each other. And also there's accountability when there needs to be. Mm. Uh, here's an interesting thing that you mentioned in the book. You say that all women need a few good friends to love them. Explain yes. that. Well, I think and believe with all my heart, and this applies to men too, we all need a mentor friend. We need somebody who's farther along in life than we are. It doesn't have to be a lot of age difference, but just somebody who's walked ahead of where you're going right now. Somebody that you admire and you you look at their life choices and you respect them and you go to them and you say, hey, I'm in a quandary. What do I do? What did you do 15 years ago? And that friend opens up and kind of, you know, mentors you through whatever difficulty you're in at that time. And the second kind of friendship is a peer. We all need somebody that we can just look at them and you laugh. You don't even have to talk because you're both in the trenches of a similar challenge together. You know, whether you're raising kids or you're both in the empty nest, whatever it is, it's friends that you don't even have to have a lot of words because you're just together and you just stand by and you keep walking together. And the third type of friend is one that you pour into. So it's a younger man or woman, someone who's maybe single or maybe had an unwanted divorce or has, you know, new kids and just is really overcome by burdens of whatever they're facing and you put your arm around them and say hey i was there 20 years ago and this is what i did and really challenge and encourage them that what they're doing is important so three friends you need someone you can be mentored by you need a peer and then you need someone you can pour into as well you know it's interesting no matter what topic i talk about on this program the word mentor is so important. A lot of times we'll talk about, you know, when you make that decision to give your heart to the Lord, you need somebody to kind of help you, mm-hmm. guide you through that process. When you don't have that person, as you even shared in your own testimony, you know, it took you a while to, to develop that Christian relationship because the person that led you to the Lord disappeared and you didn't have anybody. So right. uh, mentoring is so important in every aspect of life, isn't it, Michelle? Oh, it is. I mean, whether it's mentoring in your workplace or mentoring in the gifts that you want to develop in your church body, mentoring, you know, having a mentor as you parent, so important. Mentoring and being a good friend. I mean, we need mentors all through our life. Mentoring, even how we uh, care for our aging parents, it is all relevant. Absolutely. Every relationship, every area, we need somebody who you can kind of look to and, you know, have them pour into your life. You talk about friendships that are both influencing and influenced. What happens, Michelle, when a friendship is lopsided in one of those directions or another? You know, I think we have to remember that we can be friends with people, but we can also have, let's say, counseling, ministry-type relationships with someone where perhaps we are doing 
the majority of influencing, but that's why the relationship formed. And, you know, let's say a, a young gal comes into my life and wants help, let's say through her marriage or through her early parenting. You know, I'm not expecting her to build into my life. She may bless my life, but I'm not expecting that. That's me influencing her. That's different than what I would call my my female friends who, again, we're on that, that seesaw and we're pretty even where it's not me up and them down or, you know, me just feeling like I have to just hear what they have to say all the time, but they won't allow me to input into their life. So again, it's balance. And you know, balance is important too. In friendships, there should be balance and give and take. And, you know, you need to know your friend well, and you need to know how to build into their lives when they need it. And then you have to be transparent enough that you're allowing others to build into your life as well. You know, I think we've all been around those type of people in our lives that, you know, this is an analogy that I use. They only pull the curtain back so far. Uh, you, 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 could, you could be around them for five years, 10 years, 20 years. Mm-hmm. And if somebody said, well, who in the world is this person? You really can't answer it. Yeah. What kind of, a, what kind of a, a, a friend would that be if somebody you know, only never pulls the curtain back too far? Well, it's not the kind of friend I want because I, you know, you only have so much time in life and I want friends who are going to be authentic. And that means authentic with their struggles as well as all their triumphs. And I want to get to know people. I want to get to know their heart and I want them to get to know my heart because again, time's limited. And how can you build into somebody's life if they're not honest about what they're really struggling with? And I have had a couple friends like that. And it almost after time made me feel like we really weren't friends. We were acquaintances. That's a better word an acquaintance rather than a friend because a friend is somebody you trust and you trust them with just about everything and they trust you as well so I again that's a frustrating relational dynamic there when someone if you're willing to share with them and you kind of wait for them to reciprocate and they just look at you and go yeah well I had pizza last night and you're going okay we just just changed subjects Yeah. yeah Uh, earlier in the program, you talked about people that reveal their truest character over time. You give somebody enough time, they're going to do that. Why is that even important to know? You know, I think, again, because, you know, we have so much we have so much going on. All of us are busy people. Most of us have families. We have ministries. We have work. And, you know, it, it, to save steps, and I like to say it that way, to save heartache, it's just wise to be knowing the person you want to have a be in a relationship with because you know it, it, you can share your faith with somebody you can be on the same page but boy if they're not teachable and if they're not humble and if they're resistant to to truth you again you can't go that very far with that person and you want to go the traveling distance with people And it doesn't matter so much about time, but boy, if you're involved in a ministry at church, you want that person all in with you, no matter what it takes. If you're working on a project at your workplace, you want them all in. You don't want 15% of them. And I think you've got to watch and just see how people handle their good times, their bad times, and just their day-to-day activities. And just don't even have to say anything. You just silently kind of just tuck away little bits of information and it will give you clues as to whether or not that's a person you can work with, minister with, or be friends with. Mm. Uh, What are some of the biggest mistakes we make as people in friendships? 
You know, I think as Christians, we are so afraid of uh, challenging, and I mean gently challenging our friends. Let's say they get into a sinful pattern or they're going down a dangerous road. We're so afraid of offending someone. We're so afraid of them rejecting us. Probably more than anything, we're afraid of being rejected if we share honest truth. But you know what? There's days where I need a friend to say to me, hey, Michelle, that attitude has got to go. What's, you know, why is it there? You know, and I appreciate my friends, you know, who do that with me. And then I say, yeah, I'm glad you asked. I I needed somebody to talk to. And we work through it. And then they'll say, okay, I get where you're, why you're feeling the way you're, you're feeling, but what does God say about that? And then we walk through scripture. That's a friend because they care about you long-term. They're not just caring about avoiding, you know, your rejection or your displeasure or whatever. And, you know, like I said, before, you know, there's going to be times where you're frustrated with each other or you misunderstand each other or you just disappoint one another. But real friends can gently and lovingly and, you know, words spoken in truth, but very carefully and kindly, you appeal to their heart and then you're okay once you've communicated. You know, you also mentioned some of the different kinds of relationships that we have throughout our lives. What are some of those? You know, I think that one thing that we often neglect are fun friends, friends that we just laugh with. And I have a great fun friend. You know, we don't do a lot together, but boy, whenever I'm with her, we just laugh and laugh and laugh. And I think sometimes we take ourselves too seriously. So I have many different chapters about different types of friends. But one I like to share with listeners and readers is like, Get a friend you can enjoy your time with because we're so serious and this world is broken and it's heavy and it's hard. And when we turn on the news, all we hear are bad things. But we need to see the good and we need a, a fun friend or a positive friend who can, you know, get us outside of ourselves, outside of our problems and just really look at God's beautiful natural world, you know, and do leisure activities with them. But if nothing else, laugh together. Find a friend that you can laugh or find three or four. So that's one kind of friend and then you have friends that you may only do ministry with because your talents coincide you may have friends that you're only together when you're you know waiting for your kids to get done with a a soccer game because they're parenting right along with you so again don't ever expect one friend to meet all your needs but really be open to god bringing a whole variety of different personalities and into your life and then you grow and they grow because you're different as well as they are what does hardship and suffering tell us about our friendships? You know, you can watch somebody when they're going through a tough time and how they handle it and be there for them. And then when you're going through hardship and suffering, you know, it's real interesting to see which friends come around you, hug you, hold you, not even maybe physically, but, you know, emotionally and mentally and even long distance. And they love on you because you need it, support you in prayer. But then you'll have friends who are only the fair weather friends, the ones who are only around when you seem to be doing well because they just can't handle anybody else's problems. That's not a real friend. A friend is a friend no matter what you're going through. And, you know, God puts those faithful people into our lives. And, again, we have to ask ourselves, boy, am I there for them as they've been there for me in the past? And make sure you are there for them. Great book, great topic, Navigating the Friendship Maze, The Search for Authentic Friendships by Michelle Howe. Michelle, we always like to end this program by giving a people the opportunity to give their heart to the Lord. Maybe somebody that's actually watching this program today has 
you know, been through something with some friends and, and maybe it's caused some heartache inside. Maybe it's prevented them from really being just right with God or maybe they've never been able to have a relationship with God because of a friendship situation or some other situation. But we would be remiss if we did not give our viewers the ability to uh, have some prayer before this program is done. And Michelle, we would be honored if you would lead that lead us in that prayer. Oh, I'd love to. Thank you. Thank you. Okay. Lord, we just thank you for this precious time together. And I just would pray for everyone who's out there who has not had a good friend or who has been wounded by friends, that you would move in their hearts and their minds and you would be the best friend, Jesus, that they have ever had. And once they've opened their hearts and their minds to you, I just pray that you would help them to forgive those who have hurt them and that you would, in a way that only God can orchestrate, bring new people into their lives to be companions through this, this difficult world, Lord, to encourage and support and just love them in a fresh way. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Our guest today on Second Chances has been Michelle Howe. The book, once again, Navigating the Friendship Maze, The Search for Authentic Friendships. And one more time, Michelle, a way to learn more about work you've done, your blogs, and also obtain a copy of this book or any other books you've uh, published. Yeah, go to Christian Book Distributors for the book, and I would say come to my blog, which is michellehow.wordpress.com, and I'm there, and I will respond. Thank you. We want to thank you, Michelle, for being a guest today on the Ascend Television Network and Second Chances. I'll tell you, I love these Skype interviews. Even if somebody is so far away, it makes the interview so much more personal. And thank you. Yeah, thank you so much. You're welcome. Tune in next week for more Second Chances right here on the Ascend Television Network.